Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Everton uh, Echo podcast with me, Phil Kirkbride. Um, two of the usual suspects, Gav Buckland and Tony Scott. And uh, much like Everton's defence, we we're, we're having to draft some replacements in today. So the Tony Hibbert of the Echo Sports Desk, Ian Boyle, <laughs> has joined us today for uh, for, another, for uh, the, the episode. Welcome, Ian. Tony Hibbert, really? Yeah. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> it's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, we will have to sift through the wreckage of Saturday's FA Cup semi-final defeat. Uh, but also, we will, over the course of the next 30, 35 minutes, well, it might be longer, depends how much we rant, um, look ahead to Bournemouth, what potentially could be a hostile atmosphere, but on, the, on, on you know, trying to salvage some positives, you know, but could be an option and an opportunity for many of the young players to get game time. And of course, inevitably... The only topic in town is 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 the manager Roberto Martinez, and we'll be I'll be asking the uh, the lads whether you know Martinez wants to be judged on three seasons, not on two months. So we will be discussing that. But we'll start with the semi final. Gav, in the first half at Wembley, I was watching that performance, and as horrible as it is to kind of think like this, but I had flashbacks to the days when it was plucky old Everton trying to just simply hang on against Manchester United, the heavyweight. When in reality, that's a distinctly average Manchester United team. And on paper, again, much of a debate, it's the most talented Everton squad we've had in a decade. Discuss. Yeah. <laughs> I could spend 40 minutes discussing that answer, really, couldn't I? Um, yeah, I mean, I think some of that was down to the, the, the residue following the derby, wasn't it? Coming off the back of a 4-0 derby defeat and a heavy, embarrassing 4-0 derby defeat at that. Um and therefore, that was reflected in the confidence of the players, I think, and that was reflected in the way they they sort of set up at the start of the game. I don't think it was necessarily down to inferiority complex. I think it was just down to a confidence thing. But this way, if he's won a couple of games or won the derby, going into that, I don't think we would have been set up and have that mindset that we had in the first half. Um, and you know, United do have. I know we say the poor, well, not poor, well, poor compared to the Alex Ferguson team. They do have still a few. You know, a couple of good players in the team, some of some of whom made their presence felt on Saturday. So um, I think the first half was just really a carryover from the derby, both in terms of our sort of mental state and the, we set up like we did at Anfield really in the last 17 minutes, just playing too deep and allowing teams to play through us down the side, especially on Saturday. And I don't think it was really a psychological on Man United, the massive team. We're not type stuff, which has been accused before. But that goes against the whole ethos of and, and the whole kind of confidence that Roberto brought to the club in the first season when we would take games to the bigger club, so to speak. We, we did in the first six months. I'm not so sure in the last couple of months of Roberto's first season. Um, but certainly, 
Um, it, it's just it's just confidence, and confidence is a it's a temporary thing, isn't it? It's it's you know it's you know baby setup is nothing to do with what it was two years ago. It's just purely the derby result and you know a number of bad results before before then. Mm. You know he didn't see that against Chelsea, albeit that game as a Goodison. Mm. Uh, he didn't see that thing, um, and I just think it was just a reaction to um, the pressure on the team and the manager. Tony, what changed then at half time and in the second half because it was significantly improved and you know as as the half wore on and after the equaliser I think we were probably all sat there thinking well if one team's going to win this it's going to be us one thing I did alert to was before the match is that I hope Roberto some kind of changes the formation or obviously goes with something different and I would fancy Evan because obviously they become far too predictable especially over the last couple of months so I was often hoping that he could change it um, in the first half we've seen the the same old Evan that we've seen all season, just boring, really, to be honest. Second half, we've we seen Ross Barkley push a lot further to, um, towards Romelu Lukaku, which gave him lots of support and it gave it Evan a lift. It, it sort of Rom's performance, yet, although he missed yeah, three or four guilt-head chances, he should have buried them, but it gave it, his performance booked up a lot a lot more and Ross, he started getting involved, involved in, the, in the match. So I think by just by pushing one player up towards Rom, it just helped the team so much because the first half he was just isolated. Rom's took some criticism lately, yeah, it's fair, but he's had no support whatsoever at all over these last six weeks. And it just shows you if you get someone, and we've alerted to Runa Kone or obviously Nias if we ever see him, if any of them get within near Rom to give him support, then it'd be great. But it just shows you within 145 minutes, the support's there for all to see, and you've seen it. Doyley, um, before we leave this, this sorry affair at the semi-final behind, um, Rom's penalty, great save or poor kick? I mean, people would say it's a poor kick simply because he put it, you could say, at a nice height for the goalkeeper, but he didn't half hit it hard. He hit it hard. It's a good save by the keeper. You can't take that away from him. And I think I've just got to maybe just go back to, to what the other lads have been saying about the first half performance. I don't really blame Everton for Martinez, for, for the way that they played in the first half. You're going to be cautious in games like this. And United were massively going for it in the first half. It's only in retrospect you can look back and go, oh, we could have gone at them a bit more in the first half. But as lads we have said... We were lucky to go in there at 1-0 well, after. Well, Ron was through. So it was twice. Yeah, twice, yeah. So there were chances. It's not like it there was, was just two balls over the top. I mean, I think, as in I general think... play, Manchester United absolutely battered, as I thought. I wouldn't go as far as battered. No. We were lucky to come in at 1-0. We all went in at half-time. We all looked at each other. Thank God that's 1-0. We've got a chance here. But then United would have turned around and said at one point, oh, we're lucky we're not getting beat 2-0 here. I'm, OK, I'm slightly playing devil's advocate yeah. there. But, you know, you're right. You are Everton going in the back, onto the, into the game, sorry, in the back of that derby game, which... I still can't believe just how badly they played. They're not going to go out and go for it in the no. first half at Wembley. No I, chance. I think it's a good point, DK's in semi-final. Um, the other point about the penalty was who should take our penalties? I've said Leighton Baines for ages. Well, funny enough... I was, was, was Baines the last one? Was that the, the United one that he... That I thought it was the Morales situation when he took yeah. the ball off him. Was yeah. that his last bit? Well, we well, all he thought... Take it. Yeah, he's he's not, not, he didn't take I don't him. think he's taken well, one he since missed the Man United I was doing a piece about Ross earlier in the week and I, and I, and I reminded myself about how, how confident he was from the penalty spot against Newcastle at home. He won 3-0. I think, well, looking back, well, where's you know why not give it to Ross? Yeah, Morales has said, no, he wasn't on the pitch. He's taken one this season. It's just... I think um, Roberto's not, not really giving definitive view, is it? It's still, 
whoever's feeling right on the day. Yeah. Does yeah. that cause a little bit on ease on the day where you first battle is against the ball? I think, I think they probably knew before the game that Ron was Ron, on Pence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was on Pence. Yeah, they they would have known that. Um, Final, actually, one more point before we move on. I, I, I'm sure Tony and agrees with me. I think Gav will do. But Doyle, this is for you. Um, after, after the game, for me, that was it. The season is over. You wrote a really interesting piece this week that suggests that actually there may be still be something to fight for. Yeah, such as not being relegated. I mean, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Let's be honest. But there is a bit more to to fight for. I mean, there are only two points off being down in sixteenth place. If you're trying to, you know, we might we'll come on to this. If you're trying to get a new manager in the summer, or if you're trying to get new players, and you're the team, what did you do last season? Oh, we finished sixteenth. It looks a lot worse than say finishing ninth, which is the highest Everton can finish. I mean. It's unlikely that they will finish 16th. It's unlikely they'll finish 9th. They'll probably end up finishing 11th or 10th or 12th. But there's still a bit more to play for. And we know we'll touch on this in a bit. But there's all these youngsters are going to get a chance. There's going to be some senior players who still may be a little bit playing for the futures. Ne- neatly segued Thanks. into the... Uh, oh, yeah. oh, into the, into the, into the <laughs> he should do this more often, shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Very good. So um, it is Bournemouth at home uh, tomorrow. Uh, three o'clock kick-off. Um, First things first, Toe, what type of atmosphere would you expect there to be at the game? It's not going to be the best, is it? After the week that we've just had, the embarrassing defeat in the Merseyside derby, the semi-final, last-minute killer that killed our season, and the fans are obviously the restless, and you can't blame them. If ever a set of supporters are so patient with the football club, it's got to be Everton. They've sat there, they haven't won a trophy for 21 years and they've been through the middle of the season, watched really dull football and it's come to an end now where they're unhappy with the manager. And so you can see why fans are obviously disgruntled and they, they want some kinds of answers from the football club. So obviously it's going to be hostile. I just hope it doesn't affect the players as in such and as if he does play some, some youngsters, I hope it doesn't affect their game because we've seen we've got a good crop of youngsters coming through at the moment and it wouldn't be nice to see them. But obviously you can't, the, the fans are there and they're paying every week and they, they deserve to, um, to be noticed. Gav, picking up on what Tony said there, you know, the manager has, has strongly hinted, almost confirmed that there will be um, a sort of an injection of youth in the team, in the squad tomorrow. You know, Kieran Dowell looks like he's going to get some some sort of a game, for example. If there's a handful of sprinkling, maybe one or two in the starting lineup, do you think that alters the atmosphere during the 90 minutes at least? Yeah, yeah. It, it is even at the end of the, the previous home so games, yeah. isn't it? Even mm. when like, Tom Davis was up for like yeah. 10 minutes, it was just a, a mm. new face, wasn't it? Um, it does change, and I, and I agree with what Tony's saying, which is quite worrying for me, really, but... Uh, Seriously, it's a first, that's always a first, but no, that actually, I think Kevin Ratcliffe alluded to this last night is that the supporters should support the team. I think you've got a few youngsters playing in the team, and that's always been the case. No one's suggesting they're not supporting the team, no, no, no but just saying that's what you know, going back to what your point was that that's right, is that a bad atmosphere can affect the performance of, of younger players. Um, to me, and going back to to Dolly's point before, is You've got to look at the financial aspect of this as well because, I mean, I think it's about one point, one and a quarter point, million or something yeah, like that. Something like that yeah. So I think there's five or six clubs separated by two points of which we're at the top of that army. So it's conceivable that 11th to 16th could cost you 
my maths, uh, a few few bob, six million quid. But we've got Mashiri's millions, yeah. Gav, doesn't but, Billions. But what, what, what business, what business in any shape or form puts at risk six million pounds worth of money? But he, Roberto Martez won't be looking at that. He can't look at that. He won't be looking at that. He's going to tell like he won't be there. But I'm saying, but... It does. It does come. Does come into it. I remember that. I think it was the ninety nine two thousand season. We went for. We dropped four places on the last day of the year. The campaign. I think it cost us a, a few bob. So that that to me may come into it as well. And you can bring too many youngsters in, can't you? So I'd like to see one or two, but I wouldn't like to see four or five. Can you do any starts, risk, no. Well, sometimes just introducing one or two is is, is better. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of. of Wholesale changes. Yeah, it's hard, it's harsh on the youngsters. Then if you throw five of them in the team at one time, they, they're, they're going to kind of be relying on each other rather than that's the job of the, the senior pros, isn't it? Because mm. they've got more chance of making more of an impact if there's more other senior yeah. pros around them. Well, Dolly, which senior pros? Because again, the manager has hinted that as well as an injection of youth, there will be an opportunity for some of the fringe senior players to play. Barring Mr. Nias, of course, who would you think is deserving or in need of, a, of an opportunity? Is, is that a Roberto suggesting that players who have got European championships to think about might be playing, i.e. Kevin Morales? Well, I don't think he'll be thinking of people deserving to play in the European championships because they should be deserving to play for Everton first. And the fact is that if you've been a fringe player for much of the season, unless you've been injured, if you've been a fringe player for much of this season, then you're probably not going to be playing much mm-hmm. next season simply because... Not good enough. Not good enough, yeah. I mean, you could say Darren Gibson, you know, he'd probably have played more if he was more fit, but then he's never fit, which is why he joined Everton in the first place, why United let him go. But, you know, there's other players like Stephen P and R. You look at Stephen P and R, Tim Howard, maybe even Leon Osman, certainly Tony Hibbert. They're all players who, if they play, it'll be more like a a goodbye, won't it? Because you can't see them maybe one player. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you can't see many of them being offered a new deal. Um, but yeah, I think you look at. So, would you of, give them game time if the manager in his head is already, you know, because Roberto is still the manager. You know, we can't forget that, and he is looking, you know, as much as we can see for the summer. If he's made his mind up about those players, it'd be, more, incli- it'd be more inclined to give the chances to the youngsters than to those players because they've all had the chance. If there's, you know, if there's a situation though that there's a lot of players injured, so he will. You can't just, as we've just said, you can't throw all the youngsters in. Mm. So some of them might have to play, but. You look at players like you mentioned, Kevin Morales, he's just been in and out of the team all season. He's just, apart from one or two flashes, that's it. Why should he be deserving of a chance just because he wants to play for Belgium in the European Championships? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, um, so which, which youngsters, or if, if I had to say, right, you're going to get two of the academy lads will start on Saturday, which two would you would you pick? Darwell and Davis. Okay, go and tell us why. Obviously, we, we, we've seen Tom Davis, haven't we? ourselves with the under-21s and we've been banging the, the Davis drum for a while. We think <laughs> he's an excellent prospect. Dal only um, enhanced his performance well, didn't he, during the week by scoring a really good hat-trick. So, yeah, they've got... I think Roberto Martin is in a situation here where there's a question mark over, over, his, over his job at the moment. He, yeah. he, I, don't th- I think deep down he must know that it's highly unlikely that I'm going to be here next season. So what does he do? Does he play the kids and... For the manager for next season, or does he try and get play his best team and get as many points on the board as possible? He's in a tricky situation, and I don't envy it to be honest. Mm. He's, he is in a, a tricky situation, but Are you showing sympathy there for Roberto Martinez? Have I? I think so. Don't <laughs> <they>? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't envy his position at all. I, it's highly unlikely that he's going to be there next season. So, and if he does play the kids, it's only going to 
as I said, they probably the crowds are probably giving more of a chance if you just play the majority yeah. of the kids. I'd like to see three or four of them play. I think I think the crowds will get more behind the team than what they do if they just play one or two. Yeah. I'd like to see three or four. Yeah. Would that be Martinez serving himself then by playing so many youngsters? Because he knows the atmosphere, certainly. Yeah, 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 I totally agree. Yeah, yeah there is that aspect. People have been saying it for about the last two or three yeah. months, haven't they? So it's not something that you just pulled out of the hat at the True. last minute. It's yeah. something that's been on the agenda, hasn't it? But most podcasts over the last sort of couple of months have been talking about this. Um, for me, I mean, and the other thing I'd say about tomorrow, Bournemouth are probably the type of team, with all due respect, where you could probably... You're gonna have a good game of football. Yeah. Um, so and they're sort of. I was gonna say, what do you think? What, I mean, look, it's a, it's a difficult question. What do you think their mindset is, Gav? Because they've achieved what they set out to this season, and that's safety. You know, they're not, you know, barring some incredible collapse, they're not going to go down, are they? So, how do you think they approach a game at Goodison? I don't know. The mindset. It depends, doesn't it? Really. Um, there's a lot of clubs who've really stagnated once they got to 40 points in the Premier League this season. Dare I say, some would say that, that you know, but you know, we were sort of iffy about, you know, what iffy about Watford, being relegated, what for Bournemouth. We've reached the sort, the sort of 39, 40 point mark, and they just appear to have down tools, don't they? Um, look at West Brom, though, Gav. Yeah. They, they, they're more or less up, aren't they? They are up at the yeah. mid table, aren't they? Pulis are still getting good performances out there. Well, they did the Spurs, but at Arsenal they were awful. Yeah, but they? he even said that was just a one-off. Yeah. The weeks before that, he was getting good performances out there. Yeah, too. but there's, the a whole, there's a whole host of, host of clubs. I think Bournemouth tomorrow, probably not different to any other time this season, to be honest with you. I just think it's a nice game to, to play against in terms of the team and yeah, the way so it Eddie Howe could, be, could plays, be a nice game. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, say, West Brom. You know, if you're playing yeah. West Brom tomorrow and you know what West Brom are going to play like mm. and what the type of game is going to be, that's one thing. But mm. if you're playing Bournemouth, you've got a, you know, when say tradition, this season they play good football, Eddie Howe likes to play in the right way. It, it's, it's, it's a more appropriate game, shall we say, perhaps to, to look at a few, few younger players. Doyle, two managers with very similar ideas in what respect how they want their teams to play just interested in what you think um, yes and no I think uh, they both want to play attacking football but I think Eddie Howe doesn't mind doing a bit of work on the defence as opposed to from what we've seen the evidence over the mm. past two years maybe Roberto Martinez doesn't do quite as much on that um, going back to what the game would be like I think Bournemouth there's no pressure on Bournemouth at all and they played, I think they played at Villa the other week and I think they won 4-2 and they said it was a very strange atmosphere. They said it was very hard to play oh, in okay. that. Interesting. But I can't imagine, I mean, I know Villa's a completely different yeah, subject. Course, it's yeah. going to be, it'd be terrible if you supported Aston Villa. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, don't, I can't see Goodison being anywhere near as bad as that. And I actually think it could be during the actual game itself, if the youngsters do play, I think it might be a decent atmosphere because the, as the lads have mentioned, the, the fans will want to get behind the youngsters. And that'll make it easy for them. Do you think he will play the youngsters just on the back? Some. Just on the back of that? No, no point in doing that. No, I know what you're getting at, but mm. no, because the fans aren't daft. If you put a team of five youngsters, they'll know what's going on there. Mm. But there's no way he'll do it anyway because you forget that if you put five youngsters in, a, in the first team that's never played before, the likelihood is they're going to get beat. They've been getting beat all season. Mm, true, yeah. but if I must must say we had. Um, and Everton fans have written a piece today, and they basically said that even if Everton win their last four games 10-0, it's hard to see any redemption for Roberto Martinez. And whether or not the manager is thinking that himself, I don't know. Again, neatly segued into <laughs> the <position. laughs> 
Get out of my <laughs> head doily. <laughs> so the kind of standout quote from the manager's press conference on Thursday was, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, don't judge me on two months, Gav. Judge me on three seasons. So yeah, you'll have seen that, you'll have heard that. You'll have no doubt, like every Evertonian, gone, okay, and then tried to compute it in your head and come out with the conclusion. What have you drawn from that? that it's in, yeah, I mean, there have been positives in that three-year period. It's not as if we've gone from sort of sixth three years ago and we've been 11th, 11th, 11th. Uh, I think, you know, the first season, 72 points, fifth place, played some great stuff, especially against some of the bigger teams. Um, we just failed to build on that. And that's been reflected in our league position last year and it's been reflected perhaps even more disappointingly in the league position this season because we've got no Europe. We had a decent run in the Europa League last year, but you know, I, you know, as a club, if you looking as an outsider, you could see why supporters are, you know, are the way they are at the moment, going from sixth regularly for ten years to to eleventh over over a two year span. Albeit, you know, in that period have been you know, two, two, two semi-finals in the same season, not a bad bad run. I mean, I was thinking about this. If we finished seventh or eighth, which is only three places where we're above at the moment and had two semi-finals, what, what would people class that as a season? Well, assuming that you were in contention for European yeah. and you weren't adrift. Yeah. You know, seventh is all right, but as long as you've been in the mix. Yeah, seventh or eighth, yeah. So like, I mean, like Stoke then? Because Stoke are kind of there. Yeah, but Stoke haven't yeah. have been out of the running for a while, haven't they? Yeah, I, think if, I think if Everton was seventh and were still in with a chance of finishing sixth, which might become a place in Europe, depending on whatever, you'd go two semi-finals. You'd go, well, that's been a decent season. And, and they had bad luck against Man City as well, remember, and, you know, with, the, with the second goal. And But to me, it's about the league place, and I've said that all season, and we've gone from sixth to 11th to 11th, question mark. And you know, and that, and you know, on those results, you could see why people, are, you know, have, have the opinions that they have at the moment. So, uh, Tony, I mean, again, similar question to you, mate, in terms of don't judge me on two months, judge me on three years. And as Gaz says, the manager has always prioritised the league, and his aim is the Champions League. But do you have to give him time because of, as he says, in the second season, the run in Europe and of this season, two runs to two semi-finals of domestic cups? No, it's plain and simple, no. I don't know how we can come out. I don't know how we can be straight-faced by coming out with that comment, by saying three years. Yeah, first season was absolutely brilliant. Take me hat off to him. But these last two seasons have been woeful. This season, we've had our worst home record in the entire history of the football club. Does he look at these stats? Does he look at the league table? As He can't even gloss over performances. The performances have been terrible. His substitutions have been woeful. The point Sally is there for all to see. And he, he's not adaptable. He's not adaptable to change. So you can see why the majority of Evertonians are screaming for him to get him out. You can see where they're coming from. And I don't know how he can come out with that statement to judge me on three years instead of two months. No, I'm not having it. And it doesn't wash with Evertonians, by the way, because they're sick and, they're sick and tired of listening to all this. Dolly, can you understand why Roberto said that, though? Because he, you know... He's trying to build something and believes he still can. So he said, well, yes, we've had two tough seasons, but you know, within that, you've got to remember what we did in the first season. Uh, 
and, and, and as I said, picking out those cup runs. Can you understand why he said that? I can understand why he said it, but I don't understand why he said it, basically. Right. Because you know what he's saying. He's saying, well, you don't judge me on the last couple of months, but he should have just left it as that because the minute he says judge me over the three years, everyone's going to go, well, hang on. Yeah, Gone yeah. from here to here to here. We're getting progressively worse in league places. And the other thing that I want to say is pick up on is how much of this is down to recruitment of players? Because if you look after the end of the first season where basically it wasn't really his team, there were you know, one or two players that he did bring in who made a difference. But since then, who's come in to the squad and made a massive difference to the team? Everyone's just getting a bit older. There's not really been any new names that have made a difference. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> any footballers who've made a difference. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but if Mashiri's come in and he's got all this money to spend in the summer, he's going to be looking at it and going, OK, well, I've got all of this. Do I really want to give this money to this manager or to this recruitment team or whoever's yeah. making the decisions? Yeah, they have brought, you know, this is a decade and the uh, you know, on, the, on, the, on the podcast is they have brought players and to me, but not necessarily in the right places where we've overloaded in yeah. some parts of the team while under recruitment in others. others. Um, you know, the first season he did bring he brought McCarthy and Barry both came in Lukaku yeah, yeah. on loan. So yeah, he did. He did bring three or four players in the first season and made made a difference. So yeah, I'm yeah. not sure whether yeah, it's yeah. entirely Moyes' team, but it, it's since then it's been basically keeping what you've got and then bring. You know, John Stones has come in in the last couple of years, hasn't he? In that time, Ross has developed mm. compared to where he was under Moyes. So there has there has been players being brought in and developing the younger players who were there under under the previous manager. It's just to me where it's gone wrong over the last two years is. We've allowed some parts of the pitch to to weaken, namely centre half. Yeah. Mm. You know, probably the goalkeeper. I'll, I'll come to Joel in a minute, and uh, and the left hand side where we, you know, I know what's going on. We bought Lennon and both De La Feo in the summer when we've already had the number of players who could play right wing. But perhaps we only needed to bring one of them in, mm. and you know, and play back. So what was like going on about season. Season, do, yeah. do you think you know? the manager? I know hasten to use the word gamble, but hedged his bets on Pienaar staying fit, or was of a, of a mind to think that he's he would have been fit enough to have yeah. played 25, 30 games last season, this season, because when he did play in that first season, which was obviously quite a significant number of games, he was terrific, but then he, he's barely played, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and cleverly came in, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And maybe he wanted, you know, and, and dare I say, Runa Kone's being tried there, it's just... It's just been a particularly problematical area, that side of the pitch. And also as well, it's the impact on Leighton Baines. I know he's been in and out of the team, but you know, that that Baines PR thing, you know, it was it was absolutely fantastic. And, and you know, a lot of Moise's success came yeah. from or not success in terms of trophies won, but in terms of points gained yeah. came from that that access, didn't it? And once you took PR away, Leighton Leighton sort of I know he's had like quite a few assists still, he doesn't appear to be the same player, so I, I, I take Ian's points. It's like the recruitment. I think it's uh, the, last, the last two, two years, two years, yeah. not necessarily yeah. three, is probably perhaps um, not done us any favours. I think it's been all over the pitch. It's not just in. If you look at the, the striker aspect, we said at the start of the season, and he feels just touching about gambling. He, he gambled massively on one centre forward being fit throughout the whole of the season, yeah. and it's paid off for him to in a certain extent. He went in one centre-forward. No was he on the left, no left-winger. Went in with three centre-halves, which was a gamble. One right-back. It, it's, it's all over the pitch. 
where he's took a gamble and the recruitment's been poor, especially lately. First season, team we had off to him, brilliant, but over the last two years... Poor in terms of not bringing in enough players or poor in, in terms of the players that have been brought in? Have not, a bit of both, a bit of both, yeah. to be honest. A bit I, of both. I think uh, a big misgiving has been, or failure, so to speak, has been the inability to replace a Sylvan Distant type defender. Yeah. A defender? Mm. Yeah, who first and foremost, who is... Who's, whose first job is to defend, mm. second job is to play. I think that has been a, a, a massive miss for Everton. Yeah, Sylvan, he did kind of, his, his form tended, looked like it nosedived and he looked like, it felt, I still maintain, I feel it was it, it was the right time for him mm. to leave. You know, he's in and out with that Bournemouth team, isn't yeah. he, and whatever. So I, I maintain that was the right decision, the right time for him to, to be moved on, but it was the inability to replace him with an, a, a defender of his, of his ilk. I mean, Going back to recruitment again, I mean, playing devil's advocate for a second, say the manager goes in the summer, the new manager who comes in is going to be in almost exactly the same position as Roberto Martinez was three years ago in terms of he's going to come in. The first thing he's going to have is there's going to be a team in 2013. It was uh, United after Baines and, and Fellaini. There's going to be teams after the best players, whether it be Stones or Lukaku or, or Barkley. So who is in a stronger situation? Martinez then. Or if there is a change, the manager coming in. The new manager because he's got money. Yeah. Do you reckon he's in a stronger situation? Okay. Yeah. Who's going to be? Who's got the best squad? He's going to inherit the best, the best squad. squad. That's, what you're that's, that's what you said. That's the question. That's what I meant to say. The new manager, in some respects, in others not. The reason I'm asking that question is because that's how you can determine whether or not Roberto Martinez has been a success because. Is, is the squad in a better position than when yeah, he, he picked yeah. it up? I mean, he hasn't gone yet, and, and that's, he yeah, might not yeah. go. He no, might not course, go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if he does go, is the, squad, is the squad in a better situation now? Is the legacy he's going to leave as strong as the one that David Moore But as a football in? club, we were known as Everton, top six team. Lay your hats on them. Top six, top seven, most seasons. Now we're a bottom half team. I'm That's sure. what he's brought us to. I'm not sure Everton are known as a bottom half team. They are. They're too successful. No, I'm not sure they're known as a better half team because if they were, then no one would be going, oh, Everton are in the bottom half because if they're a bottom half team, everyone's sitting around going, oh, yeah, that's what we expected them to be. There's a yeah. surprise at this. Everton are after last season. Half team, after yeah. last season. Yeah. I think everybody's yeah. surprised for Everton are this season. Yeah, of course they are. It's been sort of con- contractually obliged. Every time you mention Everton, you put underachieve in the same sense. Really, <laughs> in the media this year. Um, Touching on the squad, just what I'd like to make, like, I suppose there's a positive point is, if Joe Robles had joined the club in January and replaced Howard then, based on his performances since then, would you say that we need a new goalkeeper next year? Forget about, like, right. previous couple of years this and whatever. This is a podcast in itself, guys, yeah, isn't it? But, but just, we're talking about the squad here and what you've inherited. I think, just, I think Joe has played well. Yeah. I remain unconvinced that he's a long-term number yeah. one, but I think he's played well. Yeah. I think he's one of the few players that can hold his heads up by at the end of the season. Oh, do you know what? I've given it me all here. And there's not many of them players that could say that. So, yeah, I'd say Joel's one of them. I mean, yeah. he started as a number two, and you'd have to say he's the best number two goalkeeper Everton have had in years. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that was, and again, yeah. you know, when you look about what Martinez did in bringing in players, you've got to say that Joel was Joel a success. Him, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Tim yeah. Howard, for a number of seasons, did not have adequate competition for his place. And that was something that Roberto identified, brought Joel in, Joel's had to be very patient, you know, you know, 
couple of forms it'd be very iffy in the first couple of seasons you know I'm thinking Arsenal yeah. where he's punching yeah. goal kicks near yeah. enough <laughs> um, Krasnodar where he, I don't know what I, I, don't, I don't know what he did yeah. but, um, but no and he's as I said he's played very well yeah, I think he's I think he's been I mean, let's face it shoved over his time but he's probably stopped us getting a real pace then over the last uh, yeah. last couple of games it's just you know okay we need a number one goalkeeper perhaps a new one but in terms of recruitment is that Top of the list, perhaps where it was like three months ago, that was the absolute priority we need. Is that is that now the, the top of the list, or is it still? I think on the, on the I, radar? I think it's I think one of the positions top yeah. of the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I think yeah. it's one if there's a good goalkeeper available, you go for him. Yeah, that's basically it. Do you want again? We'll, we will we can talk for hours on Joel, but say Martinez or a new manager, as we believe they are looking. You know, yes. Jasper Sillinson, you know, Dennis Boyko was mentioned again this week. Um, the club going by what would look like a first-team goalkeeper. If you're Joel, having spent two and a half seasons on the bench, do you stick around? Good question. Uh, you'd, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed too, wouldn't you, really? Depends what the other offers are. Um, you know, having come in, he's probably done himself a favour in terms of his saleable value, hasn't he, really, mm. over the... I mean, there are those cynics who say they haven't defensive given them plenty of opportunity <laughs> to uh, to show that over the last uh, couple of months. But I, I would find it hard. If you've got any ambition, you'd, you'd want to move on rather than just stay at number two. Yeah. Peculiar goalies. Some, some yeah, goalies some are quite them, happy to do that, aren't oh, they? You know? Richard Wright's still at Manchester yeah. City, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I like the Vaughan. Um, he's at Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ever- he'd be Everton's number one if he come here. If Everton need a new goalkeeping coach over the summer, they may as well go and get Atletico Madrid's one because... Anyway, just before we uh, we wrap up and, and ask for, for predictions Saturday, we obviously we opened um, some questions up and asked for your questions on Twitter. Tony, you've got a few you're going to fire at, at me mm. and the lads. Um, first one is, who are, this is from Jamie Armstrong, who says, who has the final say on Roberto Martinez's future and also why no apology after the Derby defeat? Second one, I don't know. Don't know if he felt that his assessment after the derby was enough. I can understand um, why the supporters wanted an apology because it was it was humiliating, wasn't it? Um, they didn't get one, and 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 um, they won't. Um, so I can't answer that. Uh, second one, who has the final say? Well, it, again, you know, if you've got nearly half, you own nearly half the football club. It's you know it's it's impossible to assume or to believe that you would have no say on hiring and firing of the foot of the manager. So even though Fahad Mashiri is not actually on the board, but he does have his one of his men on the board. He is you know whether whether through him or you know away from official board meetings, he will have a massive say on the decision. Of course he will. You know Bill is still chairman. He'll, he'll have his say. John Woods is on the board. Robert Elston's there. So they'll all say. But Fahad Mashiri on. Effectively half the football club, so his opinion will be heard. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, for you, Doyle from Laura Owens, the possibility of giving Leicester the guards of honour next weekend. How bad is that for Everton Football Club? It's going to hurt, isn't it? It's going to hurt a lot mm. because we've been told for years and years and years that oh, you need to be one of these big four teams to win the Premier League. You need loads of money. You need this and that. Mm. And then just at the time when Everton thought, oh, great, we're going to be challenging this season. We could be challenging. We've got the best squad for years. That Leicester come along, who were, you know, this what was it about fourteen months ago? They were almost certain to get relegated. Yeah. Since then, I think they've only lost about 
four games. Yeah. You know, and, and they've, they've won most of the other ones. And they're going to, if they win the league, then fair play to them. They've deserved it. They've shown that you don't need a, a massive squad. If you keep your players fit and you get the best out of your players, you play them in the right positions and you've got a manager who all the players are pulling for and you've got the fans behind you. Look what, look what can happen. It's amazing what you can do there, yeah. isn't it? Just get the fundamentals right. Yeah. And then, Basics. Uh, there's a lesson there for every club in the uh, the Premier League and on the continent, isn't it? I was thinking about what you were saying there. You said at the start of the season that when Everton played Leicester in May, one of the teams would be like potentially celebrate the title when you would have been made up, <laughs> wouldn't you? you know? but it, and, and that's right, I mean, and there's a, we're not the only club feeling like that at the moment, are we? I think there's probably a lot of clubs who are there, I say, got more income than ever and are probably having the same conversation. But it is, and there's a lesson there for us. It's, it's about getting the, the basics right and you know getting your defensive shape right. I mean, their defensive partnership has played virtually every game this season, hasn't it? Well, you that's know, it. You know, yeah. Getting a good keeper. It's based on defence. You know, yeah. um, it, it's it's no possession. Yeah, it's it's they getting don't, that they don't right. Have it, do they? Yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah. they don't like having the ball. It, 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 you know, and it's it's that, isn't it? And that's the lesson every club should learn. And and it's not about money. It's it's doing the basics right. And that's that's our challenge next year when we have more money, isn't it? Really, put in that context. But they've put it in a nutshell that you don't yeah, need money. You don't. You know, we're saying, oh, it's great next season. We'll have more money, but actually. All that does is give you more money. It doesn't mm. give you the right to get more points and more wins. Yeah. You've still got to get the basic things. And they've, correct. they've recruited properly as well. Yeah. That's the, mm. I mean, the thing about Leicester is a weird one, without wishing to go on about it. They don't have a lot of youngsters coming through Leicester. It's almost as if it's very the much perfect, the here and now, the perfect yeah. storm. Of the, a lot of their players have played for bigger clubs or have not quite made it at other ones or the bargain buys like Mares. Yeah. Is it they've just all come together, yeah. which is a little bit like. Everton from a couple of years ago. It's not a good management, though, isn't it? Well, that's it as well. Yeah, yeah Forrest were like that in the late seventies, but that—that's like Philly said before about Everton needing an old-fashioned stopper, and Leicester mm. have got two of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But we will no doubt uh, discuss Leicester's meteoric rise next week as we uh, as we preview that game. But uh, no, thank you very much for listening. Uh, loads to digest and think about, and uh, on a sobering week for the Blues, and uh, no doubt more to unfold as as we go forward. Thanks for listening. <laughs>